Hey y'all, it's Lynn Howard. Welcome or welcome back to Road to an Abundant Author Life. I don't have to give a puppy warning today because my darling beloved husband dropped the puppy off at puppy daycare, which just happens to be with my best friend at her place of work. So it kind of worked out. Win-win situation. Today, we are going to talk about following your dreams, aka writing the book, aka writing that damn book. (laughs) I've mentioned in the past, I don't even know what podcast it was anymore. That my neurologist wants to write a book. And every time I talk to him, got the first chapter, got the first chapter, got the first chapter. I don't know if he's written any of it yet. So I want to harp on that today. So if you've always wanted to write a book, what's stopping you? So when I was, first of all, I always joke about I started writing after reading Charlotte's Web because Charlotte died. Uh, Spoiler alert. Sorry if you've never read Charlotte's Web, but Charlotte dies. I'm an arachnophobe. Like I hate spiders, terrified of them. I don't hate them. I'm terrified of them. Like they just, I don't know what it is about them. I freeze and I panic and just freak out. I could pick up any snake any lizard bug lands on me, I flick it off, whatever. Spiders freak me out, man. But for some reason, I was devastated that they killed Charlotte. How dare you? So I always joke that my first book ever written was giving the re- rewriting the end, basically, of Charlotte's Web and giving Charlotte a mortal life. So obviously, I didn't write a book at that time. But you know, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and pretend because that'd have been like. 40 years ago, 40 plus years ago. When I was in middle school, I used to write short stories with my best friend. We had a notebook that we decorated and she would write a little bit and hand it off to me. I'd write a little bit. And I'm not ashamed to say that those books were about new kids on the block because, you know, we were, you know, middle schoolers. And back in the late 80s, and early 90s, New Kids on the Block were all the craze. I'm sorry, I don't care. And actually, Mabu was Jonathan Knight. That was Jordan's brother. Um, and then there was a group on the Disney Channel, like Disney Club, called The Party. And of course, they were in those books as well. So I started writing in middle school, writing short stories. And I got to tell you, my favorite phrases were suddenly and all of a sudden, because, you know, I was 12, 13 years old. Leave me alone. Then as I got into like my 20s, not only did I not have a supportive husband at the time, I did not have a very nice husband at all. Um, I thought that was like for the important people and the cool people. You know, think about the movies back then. What was it? Uh, Not She-Devil. Was it She-Devil? Where Meryl Streep was a writer and she flitted around in the silk nightgowns and lived in the mansion. I believed that to be an author, you'd be like the super cool, important, like college graduate who wore like tweed jackets and smoked pipes. I mean, listen, I'm aging myself, but there was no internet. I mean, there was kind of internet in my twenties, but not like we have now. There were no podcasts. There were no, there was no YouTube at all, let alone any YouTube channels or, or videos to teach us all that stuff. Then I got a little bit older And I actually started writing again because writing and reading has always been a passion. Whether or not I ever did anything with it, it was always a passion. And by the way, those stories from middle school, I found out recently that my friend still has those notebooks. Terrifying, I know. 
But when I got older and I started writing again, I believe the only way to get a book out there was to find a publisher or find an agent. You have to be accepted by them, right? Things, they are a change. <laughs> now we have podcasts like the one you're listening to. We have YouTube channels. Yes, mine is not active anymore. I don't enjoy it. I'm sorry if you guys were enjoying my channel. I was not enjoying it because there's a whole lot that goes into it that they don't show you behind the scenes. And I just kind of ran out of time. I do have two podcasts. I co-host another podcast and I can officially announce that next Wednesday, March 1st, my author coaching and abundance coaching business will be open to the public. I will be taking clients. There will be two sides. You can choose if you want author coaching or if you want abundance coaching. And if you're into self-development and abundance and all that, you can check out my other podcast, which is Are You Worth It? Spoiler alert, you are. Back to what we were talking about. There are so many ways now to become an author. So first, I want to ask you, what is stopping you from writing the book? Is it fear of failure? Is it fear like imposter syndrome? Is it fear of not being chosen by the gatekeepers with the publishers? Because if it's a fear of failure, there's no guarantee that Stephen King's next book is going to be a hit. Remember Stephanie Meyer, The Twilight Books? She wrote another, I can't even remember what it was called, The Host, I think. I've, last I heard, that that did not become a bestseller. A movie was made off of it. I've never seen it and never really heard anybody talk about it. There's no guarantee anyone's books are going to become successes at all. It doesn't matter how big of an author you are. Yeah, there's those people that are automatically one hits for me. You know, I, or one click, sorry, I'm a one click beast. I click that button as soon as I see they have a book up. But there's still no guarantee that a million other people are going to buy that book. So if you're stopping writing that book and following your dream of becoming an author because you're afraid you're going to fail, you probably will fail. Honestly, the first book may or may not fail. I cannot promise you that you're going to become an overnight success. In fact, I can promise you, you more than likely won't. There are flash in the pan, you know, situations. It's very rare. Most of us that make an income off of our writing have been doing this for quite a while and have a lot of books under our belt. Um, between three different pen names, I think I have 35 or 36 books under this, my name, Lynn Howard. I think it's 27. I actually had the count. And once again, I'm talking to you guys and don't know the number. One of these days, I'll be prepared. I'm sorry. If you're afraid of writing because you have imposter syndrome, guess what? It doesn't go away. I've been doing this over 12 years. I still have imposter syndrome. Every book I release, every review I get, every sale I make, I feel like a fraud. <laughs> it doesn't go away. You just learn to accept it. If you're afraid of being accepted by the gatekeepers, by an agent or by a publisher, there are new ways to publish now. You can choose to go through a small press, which by the way, eliminates you know the need for an agent. Um, you can go with a starting out agent who is looking for you know new authors or like I do because I'm a control freak, you can self-publish. Now self-publishing does take a lot of work. I mean, it's a lot of work regardless, but you wear a lot of hats when you are a indie author or self-published author. 
because you are responsible for finding the editor, for finding the artwork or the uh, cover artist, for writing the blurbs. You know, there's a whole lot that goes into it when you're self-publishing. To me, it's worth it. Um, I wouldn't want, unless I got like a $500,000 advance, I can't foresee myself ever, ever doing anything different. I prefer it this way. I like to have control over every single aspect. Um, even my PA who does so much for me, I still have last say, the final say in everything because I am a control freak. So some of the tips I'm going to give you, like say you're just starting out, you really want to write a book, you, you just, this has been your dream. Start slowly. Don't dive in and try to write a 200,000 word novel, you know, epic fantasy novel that you're going to shop to Penguin House. You know, it's start slow, get your feet wet, maybe write some short stories, you know, dabble a little bit, you know, especially if this is the first time writing for you, write some short stories, check out, you know, other people's short stories, check out other people's novelettes and novellas. You can kind of gradually work your way up. I'm actually at the point now it is really hard for me to write a short story. I don't know what happened. I I tend to like put so much information in there because of so many years of writing full-size novels. I have a hard time. I tried to write a short story um, just as a freebie for my newsletter subscribers. I think it ended up being a novelette or novella because I just couldn't make it short enough. So ta-da, you guys get a longer book. Read. Read, 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 read books inside your genre, your chosen genre and outside your genre and decide what is your favorite genre. I love paranormal romance. Now I read a lot of different things, but I love to read and write paranormal romance the most. I've tried to dabble in other things writing wise um, and it always ends up getting a creature in it. Some kind of a monster. I don't know. I love them. I love shifters and vampires and fairies and elves and all that good stuff. Read. Because honestly, while you can break some ground and come up with new concepts, because I love a new concept, there are still elements that your readers are going to expect. If you're writing a romance, your readers expect a happily ever after or a happily for now. If you're writing a horror, you're allowed to kill off every last character if you want. You know, there's different things in these genres that you need to familiarize yourself with. Research the industry. Again, I just said, make sure you're researching your genre, right? You're going to research the industry as well. I My books are on Kindle Unlimited. They're, they're Kindle Select. Because I know that romance does phenomenal on Kindle Select. I make, I would say a majority of my income actually comes from Pages Read on Kindle Unlimited. Now, I do have um, a series that I'm fixing to rapid release on wide. I'm not going to discuss that just yet, but I have researched enough to know that this particular subgenre could actually do fairly well um, on wide. So you want to make sure you're researching the industry. You know, let's pretend you've decided to go self, self-publish. self that's, that's what I'm doing. That's what I want to do. You still got to do the research on the industry. You still got to make sure you're writing to market. You still got to make sure that the covers are indicative of whatever genre it is. They do change um, through the years, obviously. You know, you remember the Fabio covers, right? Obviously, we don't do that anymore. It's just, when I see a cover similar to that, I just assume it was written 
you know, in like the 80s or 90s. So covers change through the years, tastes change through the years, but you need to make sure that you are following the market and it, it is true to your genre. If you've decided to do traditional or self-published, you're going to have to research that as well because there's a lot that goes into self-publishing, but there's a lot that goes into traditional too. When you're shopping for an agent or a publisher, you're going to have to write query letters. And let me tell you something. I have been traditionally published. I have written the godforsaken query letters. Query letters are the bane of every author. <laughs> Trying to sum up your book in a tiny paragraph and make it captivating enough for an agent or publisher to want to request, you know, the first chapter, the first five page, you know, whatever. It is probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, it took me months to finalize a query to start shopping for an agent or a publisher back in, you know, back in back in 2011, 2010, whatever that was. And by the way, back then we were still mailing. So like you would mail a quite query letter. We were, there was some online as well, but there were a lot that wanted you to mail them the first three chapters or the first five chapters or the first five pages or whatever it was. And then you send a self-addressed envelope with it and they send you back, you know, an acceptance or a rejection letter, which in my case mainly was rejection letters. Um, but you got to research both sides. And I would definitely do that before you decide which it is that you want to do. I can tell you because I love to share my mistakes with you so that you don't make them as well. Not only did I not do enough research, I published my first book ever written that had never been edited. It had been read through, but it had never been edited. There had never been a beta reader. I did not have any first readers. It is no longer available because it was god awful. It was awful. I don't know what I was thinking. Not only did I just cram pack cliches in there, there was some terrible uh, editing issues where, you know, grabbing her waist, I spelled it like waist can, you know, things like that. That's what I did self-publishing. <laughs> Obviously, had that book ended up in a traditional, you know, they would have had an editor go through it, a proofreader, you know, all those good things. But you have to research both sides because they're, okay, let's go back to my mistakes. Before I truly knew what the hell I was doing, I had this nonfiction idea and I decided to shop it. And I wrote a quote unquote query letter or, you know, what it was. Oh gosh, what's it called? A proposal. And I wrote this 20,000 word, blah, 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 20,000 word. I don't, is that a novelette? I don't even think that's a novella. Why did I think I could make a nonfiction book in 20,000 words? And when the person came back at me, 20,000 words, oh, I meant 200,000 words. Okay, really? 200,000 words? I can't, <laughs> I can't write a 2,000 word, 200,000 word anything. And then this person's like, well, you don't have the platform. The platform? I had no idea what they were talking about. Now, obviously that, that whole thing right there has changed and we have discussed that in previous, um, podcasts, but I didn't have a, a platform at all. I wasn't a speaker. I wasn't an expert in the area that I wanted to write about. And I think at the time I had like 400 Facebook friends because Facebook was still just climbing at that point. You know, it was still not as big as it is now. And even now, according to a traditional uh, publisher, even with 2,700 friends, I still don't have a platform. 
because it's not a whole lot of people. I'm kind of particular on my personal page. Um, that is not my author page because it's my personal life. So, I mean, I do have authors on there, but they're, they're people that I've become known to me through other means, if that makes sense. So there's a lot of car people on there and, and conventions, you know, I meet a lot of people at conventions, but I don't have a platform to write a nonfiction according to the traditional publishers. And honestly, I don't even know if I have the platform to write the book that I was talking about at the time. I'm not even an expert in. Like, I don't know what I was thinking because I didn't research. I did no research. And again, there was not a whole lot out there just yet um, on the internet, but I could have gone to the library and checked out books or whatever. I want my failure to not be yours. Do not make my mistakes. That's I want you to learn from my mistakes. So to wrap up and try to sum up my rambling nonsense, identify what's keeping you from starting the book, whether it's imposter syndrome, whether it's fear of failure, or if you don't have time, you can find little snippets, five and 10 minutes here and there. You know, I started originally writing professionally in, I think it was 2011, I believe was my first actual real, not terrible, (laughs) not terrible published book, but I was raising three young kids and I was babysitting four toddlers at the time. So I would find little snippets of time to write a little here, a little there, maybe after the kids went to bed or when the toddlers were napping. You can always find time, maybe on your lunch break, maybe on your commute, on the train or the bus, on your way to work you know, while your kid's in the bathtub, when they go to bed, find little snippets of time. If it's imposter syndrome, I'm sorry. (laughs) It is very hard to struggle with comparisonitis and imposter syndrome, but there's actually, I do have a podcast coming up about that. I promise to give you tips on how to work through it. Um, And I want you to read in and out of your industry or your genre, sorry, I want you to research the industry and I want you to research both traditional and self-publishing and make the decision of what avenue you want to go to. I think I have a podcast on traditional versus self-published. Hopefully you didn't get buried through the time, but if you'd like me to do another one, let me know. So if you have any questions or you'd like to suggest a topic, feel free to leave me an email at AbundantAuthorLife at Yahoo.com. And until next time, bye. If you've enjoyed this episode of Road to an Abundant Author Life, feel free to leave a review on whatever outlet you listen from. Click the subscribe button. And if you have any questions, email me at AbundantAuthorLife at Yahoo.com. 